When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the world's smartest podcast network. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento. Some say the news is fake. Others say it's real. These two don't have the time to check. Instead, Turner Sparks and Michael Ira Kaplan turn to comics stationed around the globe to be their eyewitness reporters so that you can know what's really going on. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to the World's Smartest Podcast Network Roundtable Show. Kaplan, how's it going? It's going good. I'm feeling smart today. It's going to be a good one. Feeling very smart. We are some of the world's smartest podcasters. Yeah. We do this show about once a month. I think it's been a little while longer than that since we do the last one. But we get together with the other people. We have this great podcast network that we started ourselves. We bootstrapped it because I didn't see any other podcast networks out there that were good for our style. And we're not big politics guys, but we're also not idiots. We talk world events, right? We're not American politics, but anything that approached American politics, you had to be on the far, you had to be storming the U S Capitol to or, get onto one side of the network, or you had to be storming uh, Portland, storming or, or, Portland or, for the other one. Yeah. Those are the two options. Yeah. If you were not extreme on either side, they didn't want you. You didn't fit in. So we said, let's start our own network with all of our favorite podcasters who talk some version of politics in a smart way, but are reasonable people. They do it somewhere between those two, uh, yeah. those two extremes. Yeah. We're comedian. We, we, we want to do comedy where we, we don't, uh, 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 what's the word become we don't want to become the proud boys but we're also not there to just worship at the feet of you know the president biden or you know we're, we're here we have our own perspective our and we found fellow brains smart people not just any old schlubs off the street we got andrew heaton who's a he's a real a giant brain we like to say the mighty heaton and we got andrew jones roy very very smart conversations we have with these people so Yes, of course, Andrew Heaton hosts the Political Orphanage podcast. You could get all these on iTunes and Andrea Jones Roy, or wherever, wherever you listen to podcasts. Andrea yeah. Jones Roy hosts Ask a Political Scientist. So Heaton, the political orphanage is what it sounds like it is. He's an orphan because he's not on the right. He's not on the left. Right. Yeah. He interviews. So it's all. But he has great guests on uh, from uh, libertarians. He's got some Green impressive Party, guests. Yeah. To to all to both sides, to Democrats, yeah. Republicans. And these are like political figures working in America today. Andrea uh, Jones Roy, ask a political scientist. She was a, she's a data scientist. She's a professor at NYU. She's also a stand-up comedian. She also used to write 
for 538.com, which is that site that Nate predicts Silver. elections and all that stuff. So she's uh, d- dives into the data science by having on a political scientist and a comedian. And they kind of go at it from, from that from that perspective. So listen to all those. But most importantly, if you want to get this show, if you want, sorry, if you want to get Kaplan and I three extra days a week, go to patreon.com slash lost in America. That is our full throttle stand uh, comedy podcast, 30, about 30 minutes an episode. We come at you three times a week talking about our lives during quarantine, our lives in New York city, our lives in general. That show is called uh, live from the bunker, make it your morning drive time radio show for $5 a month. You get those three extra episodes a week. Plus you get a feeling that you are supporting the arts, right? Kaplan. You get to, you, we, we give you happiness guaranteed and we, you, you, we get, you support us. You make us happy. So it's our happiness guaranteed. No, but, and it's a great show. It's, you know, we like to say the lost in America podcast is about the world. It's we'll us show learning you, about us the world. learning about the world. Exactly. This show is you, the audience learning about us. This is the world learning about us. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And it's it. And we're, we're it's you want to know what it's like to be a parent in uh, this remote school nonsense. I'm going to tell you. Well, wait, you? Kaplan, let me lead with the headline here. Yeah. If you want to hire, uh, if you want to hear us fire our manager live oh, on the radio, right. <laughs> listen to the episode that came out today. How about exactly. that? How about that for a plug? And then for 10 and that. And also the main thing is you get to support the show. You know, we don't have a million sponsors. We have one that we're going to get to in a minute. We love them very dearly. But this is not this isn't the uh, WNBC. This isn't big time radio. This is podcasts coming straight to you. So for five bucks a month, you get to you get to support the show. Plus, you get these three episodes for ten dollars a month. You get a lost in American number one in Armenia T-shirt. We went to number one in Armenia. And for twenty dollars a month, you get your own ad on our show once a month. Doesn't have to be for your company. It can be. It could be. You can break up with your girlfriend on live on air. You we'll can do it propose. for you. We'll pr- we'll propose if you want to make a proposition live. Uh, we'll do it for you as well. If you anything. Yes, anything a lot. You, you know, Cap. A lot of people. They're a little. They want to break up with their girlfriend or boyfriend, but it's difficult. Yeah, it ain't easy. So let us do it for you. We will say it's not you. It's me. Yeah, it's us. <laughs> it's, it's us. It's Kaplan and I. <laughs> exactly. Anything you want. We just so. fired our manager on the air. We know how to do these kinds we of things. We should have done that. That's if you want to fire your manager, we will do it for you. And <laughs> I thought it was a, it, it, I think even manager or ex-manager Todd would agree it was a fun firing. I think he'll appreciate it. So. I think he'll enjoy it. Yeah, he once hasn't he, heard it yet. Once he stops crying and and tries to figure out how he's going to pay to send his kids to college now, he will well, if uh, he just would have sent us a Christmas card, maybe he would still be employed. But anyway. <laughs> maybe Maybe Kaplan. Now let's, so that's how you support the show. Now let's get to our favorite sponsor of all time. Our first ever paying sponsor. It took us four years. Mm. We finally got someone throwing us money so that we can throw you money. I mean, we can throw you the best, best cereal out there. We're not throwing you money. No, but we're saving you money. We might as well be throwing you money because here's what it is. It's called magic spoon. It's the best cereal on planet earth. Uh, It is a combination of those sugary cereals you used to eat as a kid. It tastes just like those, but it is sugar free. It's the healthiest thing you can eat out there, eat out there for breakfast. Uh, and they have blueberry. They have, uh, what's, what other flavors cap? They got cocoa. They got, uh, uh, they got, uh, uh, blueberry frost, fruity, fruity and frosty frosted. Frosted, and I love the fruity. I'm I have pretty much emptied the box, so I'm gonna have to place another order in. But that it's they're they're all great. 
It's zero grams of sugar. It's 11 grams of protein, three, only three net grams of carbs, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, GMO-free. The gluten-free is big for me, Cap. I'm a gluten-free guy, as you know. And yeah. I'm going to tell you, most of the gluten-free products out there, disgusting. Yeah, gluten-free cereals, other ones are, are not even worth eating. I, I've tried those myself because I used to do the whole like paleo gluten-free thing. You, and It tastes I, like you're eating corn on the cob in yeah. milk. They make you just not eat cereals, what they do. But this, yes. if you miss, you've been gluten-free. It's been saving your back, I know. It's been helping your, your overall health. I went and, skiing last weekend. I'm healed. Yeah, and and so and you love to eat a, a cereal. It's very convenient. You, you like it. It reminds us of childhood, as you said. So this, it gives, us, it gives you a chance to do that and still be healthy. And, and still be what- healthy, Cap. And uh, here's the deal. If you go to magicspoon.com slash lost, go grab a variety pack. You can get four boxes. Start out with the four boxes. Try them all. We always say buy your first pack for us because you love us. And you're helping buy us Buy your out. second pack for you because you're going to love this cereal. So go to magicspoon.com slash lost. Use the promo code lost at checkout. And here's where we're making you money. That includes free shipping and it gets you and. $5 off your first order. 100% happiness guarantee, Cap. Yeah, 100% happiness. And those $5, that adds up. If you buy, that's, that's spending is saving, they say. You invest that money, interest, whatever, you're going to get rich by buying the cereal. And you're going to be healthy. So 100% you said happiness we, guarantee. You said that our Patreon show guarantees happiness. I think these people have ripped us off because they also say they guarantee happiness. Well, you know, you just tie them all together there. You save those $5 a month and where can you reinvest that money? In our Patreon show. <laughs> exactly. Take that five, put it back into the show. It's like a circle. It's a circle of us. So the circle of us. So, so yeah, that's it. Cap. Am I missing anything here? No, a magic spoon. Is, you know, do you know that it's made of because uh, people say how, why is it? They don't have sugar. What do they use? They use something called alokus, which is found in uh, it's monk fruit from Southeast Asia. The Buddhist monks have been have been uh, eating since the 13th century. So don't you want to be like a Buddhist monk? They're very wise. Sure. They're very healthy. They live very long lives. Well, it depends on which part of Southeast Asia. I know in, in <laughs> Myanmar, they like, they start riots. And they OK, we're, they, we, do, we were we were told they didn't even have to tell us. Let's not talk about any riots or. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, OK. okay. Or any, <laughs> no, but they're not from that part of Southeast okay, Asia. OK, good, good, good. They're from the pe- peaceful part. This is, also, this is a peaceful cereal. This box I'm holding in my hand. By the way, I've eaten all four boxes of my magic spoon. I'm hoping they're going to give us more. Have you? Yeah, are they going to give us more? If we if you guys. <laughs> I need more. If you guys keep buying, we can get more. This box contains one box of magic spoon contains more protein than a dozen eggs i mean take your eggs throw it's them like out the window 13 eggs <laughs> who needs an egg eggs you can go vegan or vegetarian you don't need eggs yeah so there you go we're saving you say you don't need those organic eggs done cereal who needs or get cage free you don't need to wash your, you know how annoying it is to wash your skillet after you fry eggs the worst it's the, it's like you can't get it off you don't, you don't know if you should put it in the dishwasher and everybody t- knows you know that cage free it sounds good Ooh, i'm gonna cage free <laughs> but then you actually you know the it means that the they're just in a bigger cage i heard yeah yeah so that's what that means all right <laughs> free range this is free, free range magic free range cereal this cereal grains roam freely <laughs> anti magicspoon.com slash lost promo code lost that's let that lets them know we sent you that gets you free shipping and five dollars off cap let's get to the world's smartest podcast network 
Hello, everyone. Welcome to a roundtable of the world's smartest podcasting network where myself, three friends, we're all going to climb into that audio hot tub along with you and share news and stories of the day, probably give each other colds, but hopefully not COVID. We're going to talk about that in a minute. I am Andrew Heaton. I am the host of The Political Orphanage, and I am joined by many people, including Turner Sparks. Yes. What's up, everybody? Jump in the tub. I am Turner Sparks uh, and Michael Ira Kaplan and I host the Lost in America podcast. We talk to comedians around the world about the global news events happening in their country. Hey, Andrea. Hey, I didn't know Kaplan if you were going to say. Oh, it. I didn't yeah. know if I was allowed to talk. So, but I haven't <laughs> been in a hot tub with Turner in about twenty five years. So, so, so just so everybody works. knows why it's already stilted. Is Heaton has to coordinate the audio at the beginning of this, and so I was having everybody count, having four people count. Is very complicated. Very complicated. I was just screaming at Kaplan and throwing <laughs> shoes against the wall, trying to hit him through some sort of kinetic energy all the way there in New York. So they're, they're all terrified. We should release a bonus episode of us just counting because it was yes, it was thrilling. <laughs> definitely took longer than this podcast will take. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. we're but we're there. Uh, okay, hello, Kaplan. 16, 17, 18. <laughs> nice <laughs> You got How you doing, time. guys? Good to be here. <laughs> Eric can sync it up now. You're welcome, Eric. You, you've been waiting for that shoe to drop. You can now do it. Good to see you, Kaplan. Hello, Andrea. Hello. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Or It's great to be in the tub, uh, not exchanging COVID. Uh, uh-huh. I'm Andrea Jones, where I am the host of Ask a Political Scientist, where I and a comedian and a live audience ask a political scientist all the questions they have about the crazy shit going on. And, I, Andrea, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, you are the first among us to have been injected with a COVID vaccine. It is true. I got it last weekend. And Congratulations. Yes, I can I can speak at length about it uh, in short order, but I'll spare you my various thoughts. I, on, on my end, Andrea, I am uh, a big fan of you. I am very happy that you are uh, now safer than you were. I'm kind of worried about you catching autism. I don't know what that's going to be like for our show. I but, have it. I have it now. now. Okay. Yep. Okay, yeah. Newly Andrea new, Jones. Newly Roy. autistic, yes. <laughs> yeah, new, newly autistic from the vaccine. That's yeah, why yeah, you, you counted uh, to 11 to 15 so well. Yeah. Yes, and only prime <laughs> numbers, too. It was impressive. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was very good. Well, okay, so so uh, congrats on getting the vaccine. Thank you. Um, uh, I, I'm never getting I, I, I'm the very last person in line. I heard that. The, As I got vaccine. there, they're like, you're not heating, are you? Because he's left. Governor Stitt, Stitt put out an executive order saying there's a tier eight and that's heat. And there's not even a tier seven. It's just right. me at the very bottom. So I'm never getting this. I get it when everybody else in America and Canada just got it. Yeah. How did you get the, the top of the queue? Yes. Yeah, so at the very last second, uh, I'm in New York, uh, NYU, I think, and maybe other universities in New York state petitioned Cuomo or someone to get in-person college instructors added to group one B which until the day group 1B was allowed to get vaccines was just K through 12 teachers. And literally that morning, which was, I think, two Mondays ago, the Monday before MLK weekend, 1B started in New York State. And that day we got an email saying, actually, we got you in. Let me just say for the record, I do not think I should have been in group 1B. That didn't stop me from getting it. But I think (laughs) K through 12 teachers are a million times more important than college instructors for all kinds of reasons that we can get into if you want. Well, yeah. actually, my, my immediate follow-up is, so you are an in, in, uh, insight instructor? Yes. I, I, I asked this because like like most of the states, including the one I'm currently in, have provisions for people in media. And I was like, oh, great, I'm in media. Mm. I'm a full-time media personality. Yes. And then I see the asterisk that says, 
not podcasting. Mm. And then below oh, that, no. parenthetically, specifically Andrew Heaton. And I was right. kind of angry about that. But then I was like, you know what? Actually, all of this is remote. I'm fully capable of doing this remote. It actually makes sense that I would not be prioritized. Right. Are, but are, are you are you physically in a room with students? Yes. So NYU, uh, I actually was, was shocked by it all summer and waited for NYU to give up. But they went uh, mixed in person or remote, depending on what your department told you to do, um, all of last semester. And all of last semester, I thought we would get shut down. There were various increases in cases. We crossed all these thresholds. The university kept going. I got tested all the time. And I taught in person twice a week um, to a very small group. My class had 200 students, but about half were stuck overseas somewhere. And about a quarter were somewhere else in the US and a quarter were in New York. And on, we taught a rotating group. So that quarter in New York was divided into three groups, ABC, and then they took turns coming in, but I was in every time, but it was so dumb because like two students came in at a time because if you're an, even the students in New York, I would like zoom with them for office hours and be like, see you later. And they're like, ah, I'm in midtown. I'm not coming down. I'm like, okay. So it was often just me in a room with my co-instructor and like one student you know, in the back. So, okay. So th- this does make person. me, I was in person and I will this, be again. Those make me feel a little bit better because again, big fan of Dr. Andrea Jones, Roy, I'm like something bad is coming. <laughs> very, well, no, but like when you, when you mentioned that, I was like, is this just because like, like New York thinks professors are better than it? Like I, I just, I, my initial assumption was that this was just a straight up socioeconomic, like, listen, you mouth breathers, academics are at the top of the totem pole, know yes. your place, defer yes. to your betters, touch your forelock and wait in line. Like that's yes. kind of what I assumed was happening. It, it is what's happening. And there is some, you know, currying of favor or lobbying that happened that got us squeezed in because, you know, as I said, I think, I think a kindergarten teacher being in person is much more important than a grade 24 person being in person. Can I say this? Yes. You dealing with college kids are much more at risk. That's what I was going to say. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Kindergartners, unless you're sending them to like summer camp all summer, like someone on the podcast. But as long as not, <laughs> kindergartners as long as- wear masks and they and they don't go party in, in between classes, right? Yeah, that's true. There, there aren't a lot of kindergartners making out with each other at keggers. That's true. Yeah, and it's also true. I think we're kidding ourselves. The idea of, of getting um, kindergarten teachers back, uh, getting them the vaccine, is so they can go to so the kids can get out of the house, so the parents can work at home. But right. what do we think these college kids are going to do if they're not at college? They're going to sit at their parents' house and annoy their parents, too. So it's pretty I think it's the same thing. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And I do what I don't know. I actually think the answer is no. The students don't get the vaccine. So the students coming to New York are unvaccinated because I think if you're under 18, maybe some of them are 18. But anyway, I don't think students are on the list. Uh, I okay. could be they're wrong. further down the list because so, they're, yeah, they're young, healthy people. Right, so. right. And and one of the things that I was reading la- at the end of last semester last year was that they were like, well, colleges didn't necessarily all have the huge outbreaks that we thought. I mean, some schools definitely did, but it wasn't as bad as people worried. But then if you look at the broader community, college towns, mm, I yes. think, seem uh... to be especially bad. And so I think it's still, and maybe it protects me and it's better for the community that I have a vaccine. So I told myself, so I went, but it still means that a whole bunch of people in New York around NYU or around Columbia or whatever college town are probably in big trouble. It turns out the vaccine can live in a trash can full of jungle juice. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't think it could, but it can. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, yeah. It, it, and for the record, like wh- while I might have, like I, I don't know, I haven't gone through every single state's rollout plan yet. Like I'm vaguely familiar with mine. I'm sure that I would have nitpicky details and things. But if you listening at home have the opportunity to go to go get a vaccine, you should absolutely do it. Yeah. If I if 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 they like when when I was living in Los Angeles, the the either the mayor or the governor of California specifically specified that podcasters were uh, essential em- employees, and I was like, I'll take it. Like I'm, like I'm not, I'll take it. Right? You yeah. leave. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, because I was paying fifteen hundred dollars a month to live in a box without a porch inside of a giant uh, Adobe parking lot uh, that cost. You know, no, there's lots of reasons I took off. All right, but, yeah, but, 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 you but didn't you, live in a car, to be clear. So, uh, <laughs> yes, and I, I, I'm now <laughs> that's a car true. with the vaccine, though. Uh, <laughs> but I can move it wherever I wanted. Mm. Um, but, but, but no. What I was going to say though is that I, I, I think what while. There, we might have procedural differences potentially on the rollout plans and these things. If you have the opportunity to go to vaccine, you should go get a vaccine. And, and I'm not even really talking in terms of like the same way that like I would fight against certain tax loopholes, but I would absolutely take advantage of them until they're restricted or lifted. What, what I mean is it's my understanding that a lot of the vaccines just go bad if people right. don't take them. So they're like, we're, we're allotting 10,000 vaccines today. And yeah. if people don't show up, those vaccines just get thrown away. So yeah. if, if, if somebody calls you and they go take for, by all means, go do it. If you're on the list, go do it. it you're not you're not saving anybody a, a vaccine that's that's more yeah. deserving. You're just literally getting rid of it. And that's that's the kind of stuff that I read to make myself feel better. But the thing that made me finally do it is I'm on a family chat with all my my parents and my el- my aunts. They'll get mad if I call them elderly, but they're all super old, right? And none of them have gotten the vaccine. They're like years old. I I beat them to the vaccine. And I was like, I feel horrible. Like I would much rather give it to one of you over. They should should teach a class then if they want the vaccine. Yeah, they should step up and serve their country. Maybe Andrea, if it makes you feel any better, my brother got the vaccine before Mike Pence. Yeah. (laughs) He got it before the Pope. Pope. Um, Emmanuel Macron, the prime uh, president or prime minister of France, whatever his dictator, he got COVID, the dictator of France, (laughs) the iron fist of center left technocrat. He got COVID Mm. the day after my brother got the vaccine. That's amazing. So state department officials, we do live in an oligarchy. State department officials all get, they're all put above us. But uh, so Heaton, you're saying you're not on the side of Ilhan Omar. Is that what you're saying? Because do you remember she was shaming uh, and, and what is it? Uh, AOC. She was shaming AOC for taking the vaccine and not giving it to someone in more in need. I, I mean, I would love nothing more than for everyone on the squad to eat each other. Uh, so I'll, <laughs> oh, it's, it's I'll just, I'll just enjoy the discord from that. No, and, like, I think she just didn't want the vaccine and just, that was an excuse. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, you're you're taking the higher road. Like, oh, yeah. I, I want someone else to get it because you don't want the vaccine, but you don't want to come off like an anti-vaxxer. So right, right, right. I'm just glad right. that you didn't say you, I thought you got it because you were Dr. Andrea Jones, Roy. And you just yeah. said, you just well, walked as in. The has made abundantly <laughs> clear. I I should not call myself doctor any longer. So, uh, uh, so uh, apparently, I'm going to be the resident populist of this episode and, and throw <laughs> throw mud at my betters. Uh, 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 Turner, um, I, I have a lot of respect for people at the State Department. They're very smart. And anybody that passes, anybody that gets that gets into the diplomatic corps, they have to pass an incredibly rigorous test. They speak multiple languages. That said, though, people in Washington hate them because they're they're very intelligent. They're very aware of it. And like like to give you an example of the kind of thing that they do that makes everybody in Washington hate them, like the the lobbying organization that they have uh, about ten years ago was pressing for hazard pay because 
they have to ride planes a lot and planes are further up in the atmosphere, which means they're exposed to more solar radiation. And so if you think about it, they're, they're bombarded by solar radiation. So they should be getting a hazard. And like everybody was like, you're, you're, you're wanting extra money because you have to fly on the government's dime several times a year oh like, like that. Like, and actually, if you're I'm not surprised they got the vaccine. closer to the sun, so it's even more dangerous. A lot <laughs> exactly, of people don't realize yes. that. Well, yeah. Also, right. we lived at my brother's house for three and a half months during the pandemic. And I got to say, a couple times, he really overcooked the chicken. So <laughs> He wouldn't even feed you, right? I mean, that's the list of why people hate him. <laughs> oh, the State Department, enemies. So, enemies of the network. World's smartest I, I will say a lot of people in my family are in the State Department and no. watch my podcast, so I look forward to them really hearing how we all feel about them. <laughs> Again, I, I have great respect for them. I'm just uh-huh. saying there's a lot of people in Washington that get irritated by them. Sure. But they're very sure. smart. Yeah. So, so um, are you going to get the second? When do you get the second dose? Is that- so I get the second dose uh, in mid-February. I got the Moderna vaccine, okay. so you wait 28 days minimum, and I was able to get one a few days after that, so mid-February. But Did I you- will say... Uh, just in the spirit of transparency, the vaccine was difficult, actually. Like, this is a difficult thing to say because I feel very lucky to have gotten it, but I felt very bad for many days and I still feel sort of bad. And, so and I was left a, a little bit worried. It was worried a placebo about on top of that. So this is yeah. yeah. it, it, it was heroin. So it's the withdrawal, I think. That's Andrea really now has COVID. They injected yeah. her with COVID. Don't, yeah. so, is it like flu symptoms and stuff, Andrea? Well, I have to say, so I got it in my left arm because I happened to have stitches in my right arm. So I already couldn't use my right arm for other reasons. And then my left arm, everyone's like, oh, it's going to be a little bit sore and I, whatever. I don't care. But it was sore isn't the right word. Like I couldn't move my arm past here for like two days. Halfway and, up. Yeah. Yeah. Halfway up. And I couldn't like I had to like either sleep on my back or like flop over and sleep on my stomach because I couldn't sleep on my side. And it just it just really hurt like it. You know how if you like pull a muscle or you work out really hard and it hurts like in a good way, uh-huh. it wasn't that. It like it was like I felt nauseous. It hurt so much. I was you're, really surprised. Your body it. is telling you you've been like clawed by a bear or yeah. a knife or something. Yeah, you're like this is very very bad. Um, it was like a migraine in your arm, and then I felt extremely tired and I couldn't really think very well. And over the last two days, oh I've God. gotten hives, and I don't know if that's related to the vaccine. We, or something else. We should, and I know, I know I'm not trying to discourage people, but I think if I had known going into it, it would have been helpful because I was like, yeah, whatever. Side effects. I don't care. Dude, um, guys, there you are. Don't, don't risk the autism. Don't risk yeah. the hives. Yeah. Don't get the vaccine. Our, it's Americans love yeah. a good night's sleep. They're not going to get the, if this, this gets out, the, they yeah. gonna compromise their sleep. Yeah. People aren't gonna, we're done. So yeah. let's not, yeah. Let's, so I, let's I hesitate to say any of it because it's like, I don't want to discourage people, but yeah. Yeah. It's, still, it's still better than the, the, the worst case scenario with COVID. It's much better to get yes. the vaccine. And- no, no, no. I disagree. We can't let the cure be worse than the disease. Well, stop when you yeah. had COVID. Just, I had COVID. I, I had great. Worse. I slept well. I mean, I, <laughs> it was, I didn't have my arms felt good. My arms. I, I, sh- I, I was shaking a lot. I was uh, getting the chills. And, but It's just good exercise. But, but people leave you alone. It's much better. Yeah. yeah. Uh, get hopefully, the hopefully I'll get both. Hopefully I'll yeah. get the vaccine, but I'll get it right before I catch the, the virus and I'll get yeah. to experience the symptoms yeah. of all of them. And just mine, no one has any sympathy. I'm like, oh, my arm hurts. And everyone is like, we don't care. You got the vaccine. <laughs> Shut up. Whereas, yeah. you know, you have COVID well, and everyone. No, everybody was shaming me. Everybody yeah. shames me. Oh, Carter oh, okay. led the charge. Yeah, I led the charge. Kaplan had a heart attack a year ago and then got COVID this year. Much and different. we documented it on our podcast. Complete opposite experience of how people treat you. Heart yeah. attack. 
No one blames you for your heart attack. They ask, it's like it's like they say, what were you wearing? Were you leading him on? What were you wearing? You know, yeah. it's, it's a real <laughs> victim blaming from the old days, I tell you. So yeah. it was not a good experience. But I my uncle sent me a text today because he has the antibodies, and he said from oh. 10 months later he got tested and he wow. still has the antibodies. So he was like telling me, like, you can I don't need that. He's basically saying that he, I'm super good. So make it with Kaplan's uncle. Send exactly. out the word. He's, yeah. he's good. So, yeah. By the way, this this show so far is just a bunch of anecdotal experiences <laughs> yeah. that people will take as news. That's the news. Yes. Uh, that is the news. Yeah. Welcome well, to so, CNN. So, so then, on that note, Turner, should we should we kick it to you because yes. you 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 specifically wanted to talk about people that were really glomming mm. on to anecdotal things in a kind of pathological <laughs> yes. way and That's ignoring exactly. yes. evidence and things. Yeah, here's so here as we all know, uh, the the storm, the QAnon storm did not happen. And if, mm. if anyone doesn't, if anyone's not up to date on what I'm talking about, I, I assume everyone knows what QAnon is at this point. But mm. was supposed what was supposed to happen? What the cult, like the day of reckoning for the cult, was January twentieth at twelve p.m. as the election, uh, as the hand transfer of power was happening. Trump was supposed to appear out of nowhere with the National Guard. And because Bush and the Clinton family, the Bush family, the Clinton family, the Obamas were all in the same place at the same time, they were all supposed to get arrested with Biden at noon. And whoever else was there, I don't know, Mitt Romney or I don't think I think Ted Cruz was somehow they decided he was not part of the swamp. Uh, but Bernie Sanders was, was sitting there in his lawn chair with a, a trench coat and, and oven mitts or whatever, just folding his arms, glowering about yeah, how this done by email. I don't know if he was part of it, but anyway, when that didn't, and also this is more than I didn't realize before, actually there was supposed to be a nationwide power outage at noon as well. And that's when, when all our TVs went off, that's when all that was supposed to happen. And then when the TVs could come back on an hour or two later, it's too late. All these people are in prison. And Tom Hanks, for some reason, was going to sure. be in prison. Okay. And um, he, he is the and, Macron of Hollywood. He is yes. the, right. the hardened dictator of, of that, <laughs> right. that regime, yes. And when, then that, when that did not happen, uh, the, the reports are kind of varying. You know, obviously the narrative from the AP and from everyone who was, you know, the people who are like, Ha, like basically like us, like, ha ha, didn't happen. People were all like, oh, look, everyone's dropped out of queue. They don't exist anymore. Take it easy. We'll see you in another life. But then the people, there's a guy who's writing a book about like Q, the people who are really studying it. They're like, oh, no, no, no. Sure. The, a number of people will leave forever, but a number of people are either saying it. There, A lot of people are saying that Biden is actually Q. And so that now Q is our president, and so they should be taking thing like taking signs. Wait, from wait a minute. Just, just not, if I'm understanding this right, the people that were the most vociferous, vociferous conspiracy theorists of the deep state and, and Trump Beautiful. triumphing over this dark, shadowy, secret government, they're now thinking that that, that, that Biden is a sleeper agent for this this insurgent group and they're going to be hardcore Biden supporters. Is this the best news ever for national unity or, well, wait, or just, not? Just wait, wait, wait. Because okay. when we say they, this is a, basically there's no leader anymore. Their leader, yeah. it was became very apparent that Watkins, Q I think, is right. the guy who owns um, 8chan, which is like, I think you say my pillow. 4chan, 4chan exists because they were all, all these people were on Reddit and they got kicked off of Reddit for being racist. So they started 4chan. Then they got kicked off of 4chan for being even too racist for 4chan. And so this guy started 8chan, which is, and then 
he uh the minute uh eight chan started twice as chan yeah yes and then two chan two racist when eight chan started in 2017 all of a sudden this guy q started posting anonymously that all these things were happening basically it was a ploy to get people to join eight chan right and the man who started 8chan says that he's spoken to Q. He knows he's the only one in the world who knows who Q is. And Q only drops his stuff on 8chan on this guy's platform. So this and guy, on our podcast. So stay tuned. Exactly. Uh, hear it. Yes. <laughs> if you listen to the if you just if you listen to any episode of the world's smartest podcasting network roundtable backwards, right. we give instructions to people yeah. that are fighting the deep state. But only for Patreon. Talk about all the pedophiles that were. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's yeah. an extra pedo- Yeah, it's an extra uh, Patreon level. So anyway, his son, the guy who knows who Q is, his son kind of put out a thing on the on January twentieth, saying, "Hey guys." Sorry, it didn't happen. We should all move on, accept it, and move on with our lives as best we can. Basically saying, like, hey, it's over. But anyway, a portion of them think that Biden is Q, a portion of them. So now it's like a power vacuum. Mm. Because Q doesn't, Q's not posting anymore. So now these people, it's like when a terrorist organization splinters and then everyone wants control. So there's like three or four different people trying to take over. My question to all of you is... Should we what, swoop in? Is this what time? should the government do about it? Should we? So, so also to finish that, um, Twitter, Twitter's taken down like seventy thousand QAnon accounts. Facebook has taken down. Facebook and, and Instagram have taken down like sixty thousand uh, QAnon accounts. They're all leaving in the the basic social media we know and going into other ones like me, me, we is one that I've never heard of. Telegram is another one I've never heard Friendster. of. Friendster. So first question is, what should the government do about what is now a terrorist organization, right? Right. Wait, hold on. I have to immediately jump in. Is it A, an organization, and B, are these terrorists or conspiracy theorists? Because there's a very big difference between holding aberrant views versus actually uh, having actionable violent steps based on them. Well, they stormed the Capitol a couple weeks ago. I'm not sure if you remember the news. <laughs> but, hold, but, but, but hold on, to go back to that, though, like Black Lives Matter is not a, an organization. If there's a riot and people are breaking windows with Black Lives Matter, it doesn't mean that anybody that believes in Black Lives Matter is automatically in favor of, of you know, van- vandalism and robbery. So did, did, does QAnon have like people that they're members of the QAnon club and they have decoder rings and they decided to go storm the Capitol and this was a fatwa they put out or is it, it wouldn't surprise me at all the people storming the Capitol would include a bunch of conspiracy nuts. That doesn't surprise right. me. But, but, so but it's so that happened that down. political science has a number of definitions for what Ooh. counts as terrorists or not. And you can uh, classify people in terms of uh, different scientists do different things, but things like you vaguely agree with the group, you're a true believer, or you're actually involved in violence. And then we can talk about whether you classify something as terrorism or not. And Mm -hmm. the the phrase that was used on the news two weeks ago for the insurrection, I think, was about right, which is you're doing something in order to incite fear, and you hope that that fear leads to some political end that you want. And so I don't think everyone in QAnon, we can we would say are part of this. I think you can be like part of the belief system without being part of a group that actually believes that destruction of property or lives or whatever is worthy of it. So I think it's both of those things and different people would fall into different categories. Mm-hmm. But I think we don't know. And I think that's part of the story around why folks weren't as prepared for the insurrection as they maybe should have been is because people said, well, it's a bunch of people with wild ideas. They're going to show up with rakes and nothing's going to happen. Maybe. Or it was all an inside job. Who knows? Right. 
Well, they <laughs> were with a comedy move. They, they con- you let your car down when people are wearing these hilarious outfits. So yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> tur- tur- I was turn never going to worry about someone wearing a fur hood until now. So yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, I, I'm glad that you mentioned numbers because this is one of the I, I've <clears throat> I've never paid attention to the QAnon thing because I and, and, and the the reason is that just having worked in in cable television and stuff, I, I I know that media people like myself love finding stories of idiots that we can talk about because it makes us feel very smart and we look good and we get to make fun of them and we don't actually care about the amount of people. So like here about three years ago, flat earthers became a thing, right. and there's mm-hmm. probably like a thousand people in all of out of 330 million Americans, there's probably a thousand people that are flat earthers. It's 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 minimal. It doesn't cause any damage, but everybody loved talking about it because it's ridiculous and the people are stupid. And and so I QAnon, I just sort of instinctively went that way on it, but the numbers you cite are uh, much larger than I had thought. So I think you said 70,000 people on Twitter had been kicked off, which could have some bots in it, 57,000 pages on on Facebook. This would indicate that there are at least thousands of people in this QAnon movement. Yeah. I mean, these were pages. These weren't account. These weren't like personal accounts. These were like public pages, hmm. you know? The, um, and I guess the question, yeah. So the question becomes, um, do we, are is QAnon people, are they just a cult that uh, what's religion? It? It's a religion. It's going to become one. No, it is a religion. Isn't that the next right? move? There's not much of a difference. I don't know if a cult or religion, what the difference is, but um, they are, are we treating them like ISIS? Are we treating, as you said, are we saying, well, they're normal, but it's an extreme version of them. And, and the, the, the one difference between black lives matter and the people who stormed the Capitol is black lives matter. Never stormed the Capitol. Right. I think well, we need to storm. remember that. Yeah, they knocked right. out a window well, at a TGI Fridays. You know, well, Antifa of- stormed. Antifa took over Portland or Seattle or whatever, but no one cares about those cities. They're not that important. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> West Coast, but yeah. Um, um, so, so I, I'm I'm going to jump in. I I see there being two spheres that we need to discuss. Okay. One is what you think, and one is what you do. I am only concerned with the government litigating what you do. I am not interested, and in, in fact, openly opposed and hostile to the government litigating what you think. Um, you, you as you as an American have absolute a hundred, and I'll say you as a human being anywhere have absolute unmitigated rights to your opinion and to believe whatever you want. Now, if you act on that and you try to hurt people or take their stuff, that's the point at which the government gets involved. But if you want to believe something crazy, I think it's extremely dangerous to have a government that's involved in uh, prosecuting anything that's crazy. And and to just as a mental exercise for anybody here, I'm a very friendly, very nice, low wattage, atheist, agnostic character, right? So from my perspective, <laughs> most of the people in government believe in magic. Like from my perspective, they believe in a deity that doesn't exist. They're like there are Muslims that think that their prophet rode uh, a, a flying horse to the moon, and these other people think that they're that the the mother of their savior was had a virgin birth from the Holy Spirit. This you could make the case that's crazy if you're an atheist, but I don't I don't want to have people like me get into power and suddenly lock up Methodists because we think they're nuts, right? Like you got to be real careful with that. Now, if you're going to start mitigating on that and calling for violence or or actively instigating violence that's a thing and so in as far as the government should be involved it's that and i'd say like keep your eye out because if if there's somebody that has a warehouse full of guns and they're they're saying these things then maybe they should be on a list maybe we should be we watching them but just you know locking people up or anything like that or 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 somehow penalizing them for their opinions i think it's a bad well, idea. what about okay so w- what would you say about the proud boys because yesterday they arrested i, I know this is coming out in a few days but Whatever. Uh, they recently arrested the leader of the Proud Boys in Florida. They also uh-huh. arrested the leader of the uh, Oath Keepers. Uh-huh. And these wow. are two, uh, a few days ago, both for um, their Exciting. role in the insurrection. 
Sure. No, it's fascinating because I actually did like a really deep dive episode on Antifa, Proud Boys and Oath Keepers a month ago. So I'm actually really familiar with these groups, although I'm less familiar with the news. Um, my not not knowing the 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 details on their arrests, Turner, if they were arrested because they were instigating people to storm the Capitol, which is to say that they were promoting violent insurrection, that is something they should be arrested for and prosecuted for. Uh, if, if they're being arrested because they had the capacity to do that, i.e., you know, Oath Keepers could, in theory, stage a like that's capacity is not something that you can arrest people based on. Right. H- however, if they were making actionable steps to abrogate the law or violate the law and encouraging people to do that, that would be the same thing as k- kind of a violent version of libel or, or anything like that. Or or the the oft used screaming fire in a crowded theater type thing. Uh, y- yes, that's that's fine. But again, it's the actions and it's the outcome. It's not the capacity or the opinion. I think that's where it becomes complicated from like a policy or intervention or management standpoint, just because I, in principle, totally agree with you, Heaton, that believe whatever crazy stuff you want, as long as you're not hurting anyone else, who cares? I think the challenge is if enough people believe a certain thing, all it takes is one or two people to say, well, we're angry enough that violence is the only way to resolve this. And so the the switch from inactive to active, I think is very, could be, very fast. And maybe even the riot on the Capitol wasn't even planned. And it's that's an example of, you know, you just light a match and the forest goes up. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think from the perspective of how do we make sure something like this doesn't happen and not just being reactive gets into more complicated things like should we intervene on 8chan or should there be checks on YouTube craziness? I was reading about the guy who was a vice co-founder Who's a a proud boy out uh, person? He started the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I landed on his YouTube page yesterday because I was very curious, like what he was saying. And they were ancient YouTube videos. It didn't have particularly that many views, but it's like pretty gross stuff, but pretty innocuous. But if he then goes on to become this, you know, person who incites violence, and people were getting in fights. This was like a 2018 article, getting in fights outside of his. Uh, his shows in Brooklyn or whatever like that, even that's maybe not that bad, but now we have the violence today. And so it's like, at what point do you intervene? I think is not so easy. It's a great question, but, but one where I get, I get very classical liberal very quickly on that, because if, if we're going to, it's, it's one thing I should say, if, if a, if a private platform like YouTube, like Twitter, like Facebook says, we find this person odious and we decide as a private business, we no longer wish to associate with them. That's not something that the government's using coercive force to intervene on. However, when the government gets involved, that that's a thing where I'm very quick to point out that we need to be aware that bad actors that uh, achieve power in government will then have that power to use. So anything we do where we go, uh, all these all these knuckle dragon conspiracy theorists are doing this thing. We need the government to come in and tell them to shut up. Four years from now, when President Trump gets elected on the Patriot Party, we've now given him that power in order to to, yeah. to look at what people are saying and say, well, actually, we think that this is insufficiently patriotic, or or we think it's going to, uh, you know, teach children bad. Th- what I, I'm 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 real hesitant to do that. I I I I, th- I think. Points taken on all of that, and, and we we it's better to be proactive than reactive. But m- my thing is, it's it's actionable legal thresholds that need to be met. Yeah. And uh, also, these but- private companies, like you said, they're the ones doing it. But there's like sort of this pressure that they all had to do it. You know, like Amazon had to throw parlor, like they all did it. Right. Because and so then it becomes like, well, there's no place for these crazy people to talk. Then they are kind of being their free speech is being limited if every right. corporation is. So it's a tricky. And tricky. to be clear, I'm definitely not 
you know, as I'm thinking out loud about this, I'm definitely not advocating that the government silence this speech or anything like that. Right. And even though I think it's it's hateful and I don't agree with it and whatever, I, I share the view that we should all be able to think what we want and talk to others who think what we want. I think maybe for me more as just a, a personal curiosity is why people are drawn to this sort of thinking yeah. in the and first get, place. And, and yeah, what's personal- going on in our society that makes it that something like Q or anti-vaxxing or whatever it is that I particularly find so hard to understand why yeah. someone would flat earther. Like there's something going on that that is satisfying can, and that interests me. I think I could weigh in on this. And I, and I, I like, I'm, I'm totally with you. Um, wanting to, to discern what that locus is, what that, yeah. that generative element is that is attracting people to this. And I, I can weigh in on that because I have grown up listening to Coast to Coast AM, which is the BBC for people who've been abducted by aliens. Yes. I did I did a, a deep dive on why UFOs are in the news here about four months ago. And like I'm very familiar with UFO theory groups and that kind of thing, even though I'm 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 a tourist there, but I know I know that land very well. And right. what I'll say is that uh, there's a lot of people that feel, this is my take, they feel very disenfranchised, they, they feel disconnected, and they feel like they don't have a lot of purpose. I, I'm, I'm, I'm poor. I live on the outskirts of the happening places of the world. I live in a county that no one knows. Uh, I don't make a lot of money. I'm not very important. I'm not well-respected. And I find this conspiracy theory, but now my worldview is, no, I'm on the edge of this massive tectonic plate. I'm in the inside. I'm in the know. And I am fighting this evil thing. I have purpose. I have people that share my convictions here. And I am involved in this thing. I'm not on the outside at all. It's all these people that don't know what's up that are on the outside. I'm right. on the inside. And I I think the best way to handle that, I, I guess, is to try and create a society in which we're more connected and loved and have purpose. Which is direct opposite of our instinct is to say, okay, QAnon people, we're kicking you off of Facebook and Twitter and everything else. And if you say all these horrible things, we're going to, you know, cancel culture, all that kind of stuff is directly at odds with that. Uh, Well, can I just say I have a friend, a a distant friend who's on Facebook still, who's big time Q. That's how I know what Q's thinking. So while we were talking about this, I pulled up his page to see what he's, how he's handling all this. Right. And he lists a picture of Joe Biden's plane. Apparently Joe Biden, their queue is claiming came to the inauguration by private plane because the military refused to fly him there. And he says that they're very careful that Trump said that then he wishes the next administration. Well, he didn't say them by name because Q is saying that the next administration is the military. The military is really in charge right now uh, right. because Trump always said he would, he would remain neutral and step down. And then the military, so the military is taken over as the new Q. One more nugget that Trump gave him was he said, you know, in his speech he did to like his friends and family kind of when he was leaving the White yeah. House, he said the best is yet to come. And they're yes. all like hanging under that line. And he yeah. said something like that in his speech, like the one of the recorded videos a few days ago as well, when he was like, all right, there's going to be a- Because we all know Trump <laughs> never just says rambling, hyperbolic yeah. things that That's have nothing. no meaning and are just yeah. sentence fragments about how great he is. That's I mean, never he also said, he also he said have a nice to- life. Yeah. <laughs> that was the best I like that one. It's probably the best <laughs> line I've ever heard from, from him. Um, yeah, you're gonna die oh, my now. question for all of these groups, cults, organizations, whatever you want to call it, is why do they make the mistake? Shouldn't they know better than to make the mistake of saying, like, being so specific that this will happen on this day at this time? Because yes. then you have to do all these gymnastics and backpedaling and all this. Like, remember the, the Incas? The Incas made that mistake, right? Yeah, the Incas made the mistake. The but 10 years ago with the rapture and all of that, like, I feel like that's 
a rookie move. Yeah, you know, I gotta say, listen to Coast Coast AM. AM. That's why they live on, you know? And, Andrea's dead right. Like, I, I listened to this one Coast Coast AM episode, and it was like, it was 2012 was the year that all the stuff was supposed to go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And and George Norrie has on the psychic and he's like, now what's, what are you getting? And she's like, oh, 2012 is going to be a big year. And he's like, well, what's going to happen? And she's like, there's going to be massive, massive socioeconomic turmoil. There's going to, the grid's going to go down. All this stuff's going to happen. Or George, it's going to be spiritual. And those changes are going to be very, very big on a spiritual level. And I'm like, wait a minute. So it's either like crazy, like, like stuff of the streets or also like our auras change in a very yeah. non-quantifiable way. If you're going to yeah. start a cult, do that. Make sure you got a release valve. Yeah. Yeah. Non-falsifiability is the tenet of a successful cult, obviously. Well, uh, uh, Kaplan, because we, we've, we've, we've invoked yeah. the, the specter of Trump, our, our now former 45th president. Uh, I know you were paying attention to pardons. What's your take on that? Yeah, I was. I, here's my. I'll do a quick take. Is that I was going over the the list of all the pardons because I've kept thinking all Trump was elected president. All these norms are broken, right? That was the that was for four years of norms being broken. But the one norm I was kind of looking forward to in a weird way was the uh, you know all these presidents pardon the shadiest guys. I call it like the Mark Rich uh, level was like the Mendoza line. The Mark Rich of what Bill Clinton famously pardoned the guy who was like dealing arms to the Iranians because his wife gave money to it wasn't even yeah. his wife his ex-wife but uh she gave money to the to the campaign so I was assuming the whole time that Trump was gonna because you know he did it along the way in 2017 or 18 he was like uh what was the guy Sheriff Joe he pardoned right yeah Joe yeah. Arpaio yeah and he did uh Dinesh D'Souza whatever that guy's I don't know how to pronounce uh -huh. that guy's name that whack job so I was like just thinking like who is he gonna pardon for his big finale you know like what is he gonna do so I bring, I get to the list and I got to say, he really, he really disappointed me because all, oh, I, you were hoping that like Jeffrey Dahmer. And yeah. Like, yeah. Well, like, you know, the, what's the guy, the tiger uh, guy. Joe Exotic. Oh, right. Yeah. I thought he was going to end up on the list. I have to say. I thought yeah. that was going to be on the list. I thought shoeless Joe Jackson or so. I don't know. Something interesting at least, but he, he, he went through, if you go through the list, uh, it's a lot of names, but like, Hey, I looked through the list of other presidents and, Trump actually pardoned less than like any president in like a hundred years. You know, you would think it's something he would love because he loves to like the absolute power. Yeah. He it's loves, the most king like you know, power there Obama really is. Obama did way more. O Obama pardoned more yeah. than the, his 13 predecessors combined his last day of office. Wow. Uh, and, right. uh, and, and Trump did comparatively little. Yeah. No, so, Obama's but, were, if you think about who they were, Obama's were a lot of um, like, overturning drug sentences and sort of that kind of clemency, like lower profile, but sure. Right. Yeah. The yeah. numbers are huge. That's true. And I, I, for the good, I, I, yeah, I don't know all of them, so I'm not, I'm not slamming yeah. Obama. It's just yeah. numerically he did more yeah. than Trump. Did. Yeah. Trump did a lot of, I noticed Trump did a lot of like Obama would commute the sentence from 30 to 20 years. And then Trump would pardon him. Like he did a lot of like, unlike the drug offensive ones, like I'm yeah. going to do better than Obama. So he did do a lot of good. I went, you know, he pardoned a lot of like traff, uh, you know, people who so were nonviolent offenders, nonviolent yeah. offenders. Yeah. Now, of course, he also, uh, you know, did the Steve Bannon was, I guess, the biggest, uh, the biggest the headline. Steve, Steve Bannon's the, the, the clearly like, like flunky that just got a, a get out of jail free card for, for licking Trump's boots for four years. Yeah. Like, anybody unfamiliar with this, Steve Bannon, who looks like a man that congealed inside of a dumpster <laughs> and then <laughs> fell out of it to go yell stuff uh, on his website. He had, um, just scammed people on the wall. He'd, he'd formed this organization to get private yeah. donations to build the wall because the government's too limp-wristed and weak to do it. So if they won't, we will. And he got millions. Of, and it turns out he, he took several hundred thousands of dollars from this just for himself, even though it yeah. was like 
They weren't even claiming to have any administrative overhead or anything. I mean, just it's a straight up scam. He literally gets arrested by Postal Service employees on a Chinese billionaire's yacht. Remember how much he hates China? He's not a Chinese billionaire's yacht. Perfect storm of like showing what hypocrites they all are. Yeah. Well, and getting getting pardoned for that. I mean, he was targeting Trump's base. He was taking money. He was scamming Trump's base. Yeah. Scamming Trump's own voters. Exactly. And yet. In the end, because he came back to him, I guess, and he wants to win in 2024. You mentioned the Patriot uh, Party. Yeah. The, so the, the, Captain, the other hyper- oh, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Uh, oh, just wondering, did he end up doing anything for his family? I know I was waiting for the self-pardon or something clever along those lines. He didn't do anything for his Nothing, family. Right? He did a lot uh, of, I recognize these names, a lot of like Syrian Jewish guys who are sh- like he respects who I think are connected to the Kushners in some ways. Because mm-hmm. like my uncle, like, my same uncle with the antibodies, his boss, who is who was like washing money for the Cali cartel in the 90s. He pardoned him. Nice. Uh, he did a Wait, lot. Your of, uncle I, was doing this, or no, your my uncle, uncle worked. Was my uncle was proud of the fact that he's like, yeah, my phone was tapped. To the the the, the <laughs> my, phone, my office phone I found out later was tapped for years because they were investigating this guy. So there was a lot of like game that he respects. I noticed like a lot of mm-hmm. like, oh, that was a good scam. Like all like you know when Trump said that thing about like you said earlier with the vaccine, like I'm smart for get not paying my taxes kind of thing. Yeah, like he he he, he a lot of people I think he respects because they didn't pay their taxes. Um, there was this one guy who caught my eyes. His name was George Gilmore, who he didn't pay his taxes. And in his appeal, he claimed that a hoarding disorder, hoarding, made him spend lavishly on personal expenses rather than pay the IRS. Oh, my and God. Thought, that's just, that's guys, amazing. sorry, I bought all this stuff. I've got a disorder that makes me buy stuff and I couldn't pay the government because I was too busy buying a hot tub because of my disorder. That's yeah. like so great. Oh. Tiger Woods was like, I'm a sex, I'm a sex addict. That's why I cheat. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there, there was also some, there was some good um, Medicare fraudsters uh, down in Florida. There was like six people I was reading about who weirdly there were a bunch of organizations that were agitating for them to get pardoned. I, I think they were they were concerned about the procedural mechanics that like the the government had had actually prosecuted them based on the wrong things. But yeah. the underlying scam that they were doing was that they were like they were they were really scamming Florida on Medicaid, where like mm-hmm. in Florida you have to get. Uh, if you're providing mental health services through Medicaid, you have to 80% of that has to go directly to the medical care for the patient. Only 20% can go to, to administrative costs. So they were forming like shell corporations that were like, they were end up basically giving them 50% and keep in pocketing the rest and doing this in, in a, huge levels. There were like this doctor that was, well, anyway, uh, they, they, they like got entrepreneurship and creativity to me. So can you I, know, the, I have, the thing I, is, oh yeah, go ahead and turn it. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I have a question here. So there was those reports and I don't know if they, I don't think they were ever uh, uh, verified, but there was all those reports that Trump was selling pardons for $2 million. Did you read those in the past I, couple of weeks? They were saying, if you want to get, if you want to get a pardon, you can get it. It costs two mil um, question being, and, but they can never tie it. To, it wasn't Trump. They, once you di- read the story, it was like, well, his staff or his handlers have been making money off promising pardons that Trump will give people. Uh, Question is, is it common that I I really don't know this answer. Is it common for presidents not to sell like straight up for dollars, but for campaign donations or to pardon people who've donated stuff to them in the past? Do you guys know? 
Well, I mean, they, they do it with ambassador ships for sure. When, yeah, when I you know look, that. Get ready for Biden to do this, just like Trump did it, just like Obama did it. Um, they, like with to, to go back to the State Department, there are uh, uh, people like I'm sure Turner's brother and Andrea's family who have worked their way up through the State Department as very intelligent civil servants that are actually putting their lives on the line because they're being sent to some godforsaken hellhole where they believe in communist and magic and, and have they to overcook the chicken though they don't they, they don't overcook the chicken and they have to yeah. sit there stamping passports and and fill in the blanket stand for 10 years. And some of those people eventually work up their way to being an ambassador. And we send them to the trouble countries. We send them to the places people are getting shot at. The, the cuddly countries that are fun and you want to throw cocktail parties in like France and England and, and Poland and, and Iceland, um, those Famously ones friendly. straight up go to people that bundle lots of money. So uh, in fact, you can almost work out an, a financial algorithm where if you give like $3 million, you might you might get Finland. If, if you're able to bundle $15 million, you're going to get France. That's why under the Obama administration, our ambassador to Hungary was a soap opera producer. Uh, uh, under Trump, our ambassador to the United Kingdom was the owner of a baseball team. Uh, so that that absolutely unquestionably yeah. happens and is absolutely unquestionably graft. Any other country in the world would look yeah. at that as corruption. So uh, I have always <laughs> harbored a bit of regret for not going into the Foreign Service myself. And now I know I can just bypass all the yeah. hard work of my aunt yes. and my grandfather. And whatever. And you're right, Heaton. My aunt was the ambassador to Kazakhstan. So you uh -huh. 100 percent the whole fill in the blank, everything you it's exactly it a lot, though, then. what, what yeah. is very likely is that you, you will rise to the point of being the quiet undersecretary of 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 diplomacy or what you're, you're the person actually running the show and the ambassador right. just throws cocktail parties and cuts ribbons. And yeah. if you work really hard, you can do their work for them if you're in the yes. state department. Yeah. Uh, and so <laughs> uh, hats off to them. I, I, I don't know that there's a pardon uh, version of that uh, Turner or, or that, I mean, like obviously there's, like kind of loyalty swaps, right? If you were sufficiently loyal to me or alternately, maybe you know some stuff about me and I, I'm going to pardon you because I don't want that to come out and harm me. So I, I think that clearly there's shady dealings in terms of abusing the thing. Flip side though, there were uh, at least 10 people that were pardoned for nonviolent uh, crimes. There were um, uh, multiple people that uh, were, you know, had, there was a lady that had been in prison for a 30 year sentence for assisting her husband doing, uh, or her boyfriend making methamphetamine, but she nonviolent. She wasn't directly doing it. She was pardoned. Like, like the weird thing is, is, is odious as I find a lot of these, I actually think the power should exist because if, yeah. if Trump or Biden or Obama is going to pardon like 10 people that are clearly flunkies that should be in prison, but they're also going to pardon 10 people that really should not be in prison. Like I, I would, I would take that deal. Like for yeah. every kind of social good, you get a friend <laughs> or something like that. I also yeah. have to say that in the case of Trump, it's, it's increasingly obvious to me that it's very hard to stay loyal to him. I mean, look at what happened with Pence at the last minute. Right. You know, you can. Uh, uh, he's not paying you know. Rudy Giuliani. Giuliani's. He's instructed his people not to pay Rudy Giuliani. Like this, oh, this oh, man. Oh, this anybody who's lived in New York knows you don't take you don't take money. You don't yeah. go on loan with Trump. You get it up front. Yeah, but, but yeah. I was going to say with Trump, the money isn't as much. You can't bribe your way. As important as is, you can kiss his ass. Flattery. Like, did you see the the the, the Detroit mayor, uh, former mayor Kwame Kilpatrick, who was a Democrat, and he was in charge again, another fraud case, and he wrote a whole letter to Trump saying that you've shaken up the entire world. I employed yeah. your, I employed your tenacity. You've he went a whole paragraph like about how great a job Trump's doing. So Trump takes a, he's gonna he's a he's a Democrat in Detroit, obviously not a Trump political ally, and Trump hey, pardoned him. And the best part is the guy had a friend who was like, it was a convicted of the same crime. And that guy, he left that guy behind. That guy's doing another 10 years in jail. You say, P.S. My buddy also likes you. I have to say, <laughs> I completely disagree with all of you. I'm so against pardons. 
Okay. Go I on. think it's Let the dumbest. Why? Why? Why can it's the closest we have to having a president be a king, which is something we don't mm-hmm. want ever. We never want right. a president to be a king. Right. It's the, just, I don't know the history of it, but it is actually like the leftover, like one piece that they left in of a monarch that they thought was necessary the, 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 the for the power. During, during the Revolutionary ability. War, they wanted the president to be able to pardon people that had uh, supported the British but were living in America. Because we we needed like, we couldn't just prosecute everybody that had been a, a Tory um, that was hang, like the third of the population that was supporting the British. The British. We, we didn't want to have to prosecute all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it would it be probably would have fallen apart is the short answer. So they, they kept that. I don't know. I, I kind of like I, I can see situations where maybe well-meaning legislation and judicial rulings actually create a situation where somebody is being locked up lawfully that shouldn't be. And I, I like the idea of there being some sort of person that can do that. Maybe it should be a board. I don't know. Maybe there's yeah. a better way to do it. I like, it like, like, a, a a phrase, like it's a release valve for like the law has changed since you were sentenced. And mm-hmm. so someone or some board, I think you're right that it could be, uh, you make, have to be the president. Amy Klobuchar, the secretary of pardons. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I don't know about her. I went what on a weird saying? dive once on the Turkey pardon, which is its own strange yeah. thing. Yeah. And I, I read this a whole book, like some sociological book about like why we do it. And it's this display of power and, and it's also humans lording over the animal What's kingdom. T- it was sort of the weird- Thanksgiving when they had the ceremonial pardoning of the turkey. turkey I think yeah. they just did it because it was like a funny bit that all the presidents. But now it's a whole thing. Yeah. They really was pardon the turkey? You mean? Like it's a real thing? I <laughs> think they do get sent somewhere, but I think they die almost immediately. I'm not yeah. totally. Can I, I don't remember the details. Question? Are we talking about turkey, yeah. the country or the animal? No. She's talking about the animal. I don't know. Listen, I I would love to discuss this. However, I know that Andrea has to go in a minute. We haven't got to my story. I'm going to, I'm going to curtail the the, the turkey anecdotes. Um, Here's something. I I don't know quite how to phrase this, uh, but I want to get your input on this because um, uh, the inauguration just happened at the time that we're recording this. Uh, Everybody kind of, a lot of people breathed a sigh of relief, most certainly Democrats and the media. I I breathed a sigh of relief. I think my social life's going to be a lot better over the next four years, I think my professional life's actually been a lot much better over the last four years because I have noticed that the people that agree to come on the podcast and then suddenly without warning email me, we can't do it and never respond to me again, are invariably progressive Democrats. And so I, I think everybody's going to get a lot more bipartisan. The the thing that I'm, as somebody that has been a vocal Trump critic, I'm kind of looking at the reactions from uh, uh, progressive media and and my Democrat friends. And I, I, do Democrats just flip out every time there's a Republican in office? Like, was this just Trump or is this just a permanent lifelong thing of whenever there's a Romney or a Bush or a McCain, like everybody that's a Democrat thinks the, the train has gone off the rails and everybody's in a panic. Like, is this something that we need to brace ourselves for, for every yes. other administration? Yeah. Or is Trump or Trump sure. Yeah. No, I mean, no, I mean that happened to Bush. That happened under I was going to say, Reagan. remember Bush was the worst president in human history. And then mm-hmm. Trump was the worse or worse president right. in human history. Romney would have been a proto Hitler, I think. Like that, like I, it would be like, very interesting if Romney somehow it'll never happen. Uh, but if say he wins next time, this is a good yeah. chance time for Romney to run again. I would have to say I've I never mean, had more gone. respect for Romney. Yeah, yeah, yeah but you're not. You would never vote for him. Also, well, depends you know, who he's running. If, if Trump, if Trump actually did create the Patriot Party and and basically split the Republican into sane yeah. and insane halves, uh, they it, it wouldn't work out electorally. But Romney could get that nomination. Yeah. I wouldn't. But to, wouldn't to both Heaton and Turner's point, I mean, when Romney was running, because I am representing the left on this podcast, I think uh, when Romney was running against Obama, my main thinking was this is the worst person ever. You know, yes. exactly yeah. playing into all the stereotypes. And now under Trump and under what he's done, I am like, oh, Romney. You know, same with McCain, right? Uh, national treasures. 
And or, so or it like would George, depend George on H.W. Bush when he died. Everybody was like, what a great guy. Yeah. But like yeah. You know, back in the day, he was this evil, evil Reagan know. acolyte that just wanted to screw over poor people. Well, the Reagan. only question I have about all this, though, Keaton, yeah. is, is you're saying that this is a Democrats versus Republican. My understanding was that that is on both sides. So when. Sure. when oh, yeah. For the record. Really, yeah. Try, well, okay. So, so let me run a theory by you. And I am, I'm very, um, I am open to being wrong on all of this, but ba- basically here's what I need to figure out on my end. Do I need to do all of my bipartisan growth during democratic administrations? Like, is, is it like a bull market and a bear market where if there's a Republican in office, I just need to know that I am always going to be morally dubious and that like people aren't going to want to work with me. Like, like present company very much accepted by the way. But like, is that like, do I just need to know, like, I need to get married in the next four years because I'm not going to be allowed to date again because if there's a Republican in office, I'm some kind of crypto Hitler, right? So like, mm-hmm. like, like I, this, is, this is my theory. I think that broadly speaking, not universally, but broadly speaking, when conservatives disagree with you, they think you're naive. When libertarians disagree with you, they think you're ill-informed. I think when progressives disagree with you, they think you're a bad person. I that, think that, that might it, be right. You're, younger, you're motivated younger, by either younger. bigotry or, or hating poor people. If you want to marry somebody younger, then definitely. I don't know about. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you were going to marry someone progressive just so you could get the left on your podcast again. <laughs> I, 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 I'll take any. Like, I, I don't have a litmus test for who I date, but a lot of the people I've dated have. I think Tommy yeah. Lahren's available. <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually give a thumbs down on that one. I, I feel like she's the walking embodiment of may I speak to your manager. She also I, I don't, I don't think the insurrection, by the way. Yeah, well, she came out as she zigged when they zagged. She came out as pro insurrection the day of the insurrection. <laughs> no, I don't know. Heaton, that's a good question. And I'll get myself in trouble among the left. But I think I think you're tapping into something that resonates, at least with my experience of those three groups. I would say. Okay, so so everybody that's not a progressive Democrat, now is the time to like talk to your progressive Democrat friends about bipartisanship and unity and all of that and enjoy yeah. that gravy train. And then, yeah. Well, and I thought about that a lot during the various, you know, Biden's uh, inauguration speech and the various comments around the inauguration calling for unity. And I was like, it's very easy to call for unity and for me to agree with him because right. I do agree with him. And even by saying that, that alienates me from people left of me who think Biden is way too conservative yeah, for are. this country, right? I mean, even during the Biden inauguration, there were those protests that you were talking about, Kaplan. Right. And well, the yeah, people are already Portland, mad. Yeah. There's progressives already upset at Biden because he's they're already like assuming he's not going to kill the filibuster and add D.C. and Puerto Rico estates. They're already mad about things he's not going to do. Right. And not like focusing on what he's going to do. Yeah. So yeah. It, people are, but also people to say what you're saying, like they're in bubbles. They live in bubbles. So conservatives grow up, like if you're a conservative and you grow up in, in the Northeast or somewhere and you go to college, you're used to arguing with liberals. Yeah. Mm. You're used to being people you don't agree with and you stay quiet or you argue. But a lot of people now, I think, don't, on both sides, they stay in their bubbles and they're not used to the other side. So it, it makes it very. Well, they, they, they do, do, and I, I don't consider myself a conservative, but they do find that conservatives are a little bit better at that. In, in large part because they still consume media. They're still watching TV shows and films, right? So it's easier yeah, for them to get into the headspace of somebody that's a progressive Democrat because Hollywood tends to be that way. Whereas the if you're a Democrat and you grew up in a bubble, you may not have that ability. Like you may not know anybody other than just, you know, anonymous jerks on Facebook. Uh, exactly. and, and so, it's like so British you're... people watch a lot of American media, but we don't watch a ton of British media until the pandemic. When it's like when my media. dad watched The Office, he was like, I can't understand them. Yeah. Like the British <laughs> The English, like, uh, English, uh, English, 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 English. English. Yeah. 
yeah, it, it um, uh, yeah, I like I, I, it's it's something like for, so. From my perspective, I I doubt I will ever be thrilled with the president. Like I just I don't think that that's gonna ha- even if the president that I want to win wins, I don't think I'm gonna be like, yes, we did it. Like the wheel is broken, history yeah. stopped. Like like yeah. I'm this is the like, Daenerys Targaryen we were I, promised. Even yeah, if I kind of like Cruz. <laughs> I no, I, I but I think this is how I I kind of like emotionally I sort of view presidents as like uh we're all in the car and the person like person A now controls what we're listening to and mm. I'm like oh man George is in charge we're gonna get a lot of Fleetwood Mac but you know what he does like he likes electric light orchestra I agree with him on electric light orchestra but a well, lot and there of are cases Mac. where you can persuade that you know once we hit Pennsylvania let's switch to my yeah. music and then we'll right. switch back right? but, but, but I'm kind of looking at it like it's a hodgepodge and like this is the part of the fi- the pie chart that I agree with and I you know I, I'm not I'm not thrilled but okay four years from now we'll get another person that's doing it but I but I kind of get the impression that there are a lot of people that that view it like uh we either have to be driving to Vegas yeah. or we're driving off a cliff. And if yeah. we're not on our way to Vegas, we're all going to die and we have to panic. Well, and there's an argument to be made that we overstate the influence of the president. I mean, people debate all the time about whether the president is in charge of the economy or not. And the answer is definitely not. There's so many other things. Yeah. Of course, you can have policies that tweak things, but there's a lot going on that, you know, looking at how the economy is under the president policies, makes no sense. Yeah. I will say that the president uh, in the last four years influenced the culture of American yeah. dialogue more than I thought it, he would. Yeah. yeah. Like definitely people were more likely to be aggressive, to be like, fuck you. I yeah, like in tone. You He's know, the tone. tone, which I know well, I always thought was like a B BS thing. Like, we need to change the tone of America. But I will say over the last four years, the tone got pretty dicey. Yeah. And, and in that case, yay Biden. If we're if we're talking tonally, yeah. I am in love with President Grandpa. And I, I, I am so yeah. happy that he's gonna tamp yeah. this down. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna watch press conferences, I'm not gonna follow him on Twitter. It's great, but there's people I know on Facebook and stuff who are, who are Republicans, and they're already writing about how America they know it's over. Like it's oh, insane. Yeah. I, I will like, say the same yeah. thing. I've I mean, maybe it is friends of mine write out a big long thing that yeah. I thought they were talking about Trump because they yeah. were like, it's just not the same. We all need to it, focus on family, focus on friends and just understand the next four years are going to be terrible. And yeah. so we've got, we've, our country's um, going into socialism and we just need to be okay with it. I'm telling you, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, without going into detail. Yeah. No, and, and this, this to, to like, so I can now do uh, broadly fling mud at everybody. The 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 Manichaean mindset that the people we disagree with are enemies who yeah. have an existential threat to our way of life and everything we believe is um, super helpful if you want to make a lot of money or you want to get elected to office. But it's a dumbass way of approaching politics. It's a morally yeah. bankrupt way of approaching politics. It works because it's reductive and it's visceral. It's not accurate. Uh, if it, Joe, Joe Biden, if, if you didn't vote for him, he's not your enemy. He's your opponent. Uh, I think Biden understands that intuitively. I like that about Biden. And, uh, we're not like, it, it's, it's like, you can go back in the nineties and like, people are like, oh man, if we elect Clinton, like yeah. Clinton who reformed welfare and was a free trade guy. And also, uh, we, we didn't have a, like we, the, the, the budget was in the best situation it had been in over the last 20 years. Like, like it, it's, it's rare to have the country just vote on like, should we be a totalitarian dictatorship or should we be a center right? Like that like it's, yeah, we, people panic more than they should. In my well, opinion. when we all have caricatures of what the other side actually believes as opposed mm-hmm. to, and there are extremes that do that, but what to put a really tortured example in the mix. Uh, remember when Ellen went to like a baseball game with Bush, 
Yeah. yeah. And everyone yeah. on the left lost their mind. Yeah, like, and yeah. she was like, well, we're friends. And they're like, yeah, but he did all those horrible things. And you're like, okay, we, we like, I think it's very important. By the way, Ellen, Ellen had been her. abusing her staff for like yeah. a decade. <laughs> that was, that was, I was yeah. more shocked that Bush went to a baseball game yeah, with yeah. Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> Bush for that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, all right, gang. Uh, I, I I know that uh, uh, everybody's going to go uh, uh, hang out with the Secret Service and, and uh, do their QAnon uh, conspiracies to, with the State that's, Department. That's what we're and remote schooling. I got to get the key. call back. Yeah, I got to uh, go prove the Earth is flat. So a, that's a pleasure. A pleasure to see everybody. Can everybody go around real quick? Say what the name of their program is. Uh, yeah, Andrea? we have the, we have the Lost in America podcast. Sorry, I'm not Andrea, but um, this is Turner Sparks, Michael Ira Kevin. We have the Lost in America podcast. Listen to us on iTunes. Listen to us on any major podcast platform. This past week, we talked to Malaysian comedian Kevin Jay as a Netflix special out. He gave us an hour long rundown of the last two years of Malaysian government politics, presidential, prime minister politics. It involves crazy. Uh, imprisoning each other. It involves a 95 year old. Who's who was prime minister? It's insane. So I would advise listening to a lot that. of bribery. It's fun times. Nice, nice. I will say your podcast is the main reason I'm reminded there are other countries besides the U.S. So thank you. <laughs> that I'm going to get a globe with Lost in America listed on it. I uh, I'm Andrea Jones, where I host uh, Ask a Political Scientist. We're gearing up for season three, and we bring on political scientists to talk about some of the deeper research behind the things that are going on. So something like why do people believe in conspiracy theories um, and how that informs the day to day churn. Uh, I, I'm Andrew Heaton. I host The Political Orphanage, which is policy, politics, and comedy. The most recent episode was on the fall of the Berlin Wall, which is actually a very macro historical episode. It's not that super political, but I do tie in it at the end. So I encourage people to check it out. And it was, guys, it was so much fun hanging out with you. I th thanks. To, I'm glad we got to do this audio hot tub together. Yes. It's cold and, in the hot tub now. We should turn the heat back on. But uh, otherwise, very good. Berlin Wall, it's a good thing, right? You didn't come back revisionist. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm in favor of the toppling okay. of the Berlin Wall. I'm on yeah, that side okay. of the yeah. tie it into the current walls, or, or we'll tune in to find out. Yeah. All right. Thanks, gang. Goodbye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.